Come on, that didn't sound like you were convinced that you love Jesus. Do you love Jesus in this place? Amen. Now, I'm not consenting to defeat because we're serving the champion. We've already won the victory, and we're carrying victory with us in all our endeavors here on the earth. Brother Terry, we are not fighting for victory. The victory is already ours. But I want to talk a little bit today about how important our character is. How important it is that we are who we say we are. That we perform those things that we preach and that we promote. You've often heard it said, don't do as I do, do as I say. That is not our policy here. Never has been, never will be. We're going to set the example, amen, by leading our congregation by example. Don't get careless. Remain cautious. And I feel confident that the Lord is going to see us through. Amen? Amen. Of a few verses of Scripture found in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, as you are standing, Philippians chapter number 2, verses 12 through 15. It is an honor today to have Brother Arbus back with us. Amen. We have prayed <laughs> intently for him and his absence, and God has blessed him. Amen. Part of the family with you today, too. That I know that's exciting. Amen. Zach and his lovely babies, praise the Lord. Joy to have you all today in the house of God. And we pray that an environment is set, that an atmosphere is set, that you will feel safe in worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. We discover that this church was established on Paul's second missionary journey. Philippi was a city located on the Aegean Sea. And theologians and scholars tell us alike that Philippi was possibly the first church on European soil to ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God of heaven, we thank you for this moment that you've allowed us to join together as your children to worship you in spirit and in truth. Now, Lord, we need that your word 
would go forth among your people and be embedded in their heart for the purpose of impacting change in our lives. Touch those who are listening on our grounds today. Touch those who are viewing by way of social media. And every person who will in some form access this service, we pray your blessing upon them. Touch those of our church family who are not present today. Many needs lie among us as a body of believers. Touch the Hammonds family. Touch the Hunt family. Touch the Demery family. The Epps family. Touch the Jacobs family. Touch the Chavis family. And all those today who are an extension of who we are here at Harvest Church. God, we pray for the strength of the believer, for the salvation of the lost, for the delivery of the captive. In Jesus' name, God's church shouted amen and amen. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Talk a little bit about character. Is character important? There are two things outside of our genetic makeup that we are as human beings or that we possess. And that's character and reputation. Now, Brother Jeff, I need to clear up something real quick and let you know God's not concerned whatsoever about our reputation. Because our reputation is only what others think we are. They've only had limited exposure to us. They haven't spent extensive amount of time around us. So they gather what they know about us from the mouths of others. That's our reputation. But what's God concerned about? God's concerned about our character. Character is the mental and moral qualities that are distinctive to us as individuals. I'm going to use several definitions of the word character today. Another definition of the word character is the strength of our moral fiber. Strength of our moral fiber. A. W. Tozer is an American pastor, author, magazine editor, and a spiritual mentor. He said, and I quote, that character is the excellence of moral beings. Persons of character are often noted or recognized for their charity, for their ethics, for their honesty. While on the opposite side of that coin, those lacking character behave completely opposite. They have no ethics. I mean, they just live throwing caution to the wind. That shouldn't be named among us as become its saints of God. Church one's character is the sum of his or her dispositions. The sum of their thoughts, intentions, desires, and even the sum of their actions. We read in the context of today's text that Paul encourages the church at Philippi to work out its own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. So contextually, what is Paul saying? That salvation is a gift of works, 
or that salvation is a gift of grace and faith. What Paul is saying is that it becomes our Christian duty and or obligation to grow what God has given us through salvation. Could we attain salvation through any other than God? Is there salvation found in any other name than the name of Jesus? Then it's safe to say that working out our salvation wraps itself around culminating the traits of a godly life. What does that mean? It means that I invest the time that God has granted me here on this green planet to living a life of godly character that models that of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're working out what God has worked in. That's a good place to shout hallelujah. Paul said we'll possess traits like this. We'll be blameless. That means we'll be above reproach. Paul said we'll be harmless. That means that we'll be pure and unmixed. The word crooked in the Greek comes from the word scolius. You know where we get our word scoliosis, the curvature of the spine. So what's Paul saying? Paul is saying that we're living in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But we are to shine as lights in the world. Wow. The word perverse means turned away from what is right. If there's ever been a time in today's world that we need people of character, it's right now. Can I get a witness? There's ever been a time that the world needs to know that we belong to God and that, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be different. You belong to Jesus Christ. You don't act like the world. You don't look like the world. You are different. You are a child of God. Talking about character. I'm going to ask this question many times. Is character important? Come on, I need a resounding answer. Is character important? Why is it more important for us as Christians? Why is character more important? Why does it have more value or significance in the life of you and I as Christians? Because God expects us to stand out. Oh my somebody. How many received that? I said, God expects us to stand up. He said, you are the light of the world in the gospel. He said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Amen. Do you know today as the people of God that you're supposed to be different? We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to stand out. We are to shine as lights in a darkened world. But what do we say? Couldn't God have chosen a better method? Oh, well, hello. He's God. Don't you think the angels could have done a better job? But why did God choose humanity? Why did God choose humanity? Because humanity embraced the fall. Humanity, with the gift of free moral agency... Free-hearted, consciously, and willingly chose to sin against God. And because sin 
created that separation. God chose the lost of the world, amen, who were made right through the plan of salvation to be the mouthpiece to the remainder of the lost of the world. Who can tell somebody how to be healed better than somebody who's been healed? Y'all don't want to hear me today. I said, who can tell somebody how to be healed except you've been healed? Who can lead somebody to Christ unless you have had an encounter with Christ? How can you introduce somebody to the Lord if you don't know him yourself? So could God have chosen another method? We ought to be bouncing up around here. Number one, because we are unworthy who've been made worthy. We ought to be jumping up around here like the Energizer Bunny because God chose us to be the vehicle to launch the gospel message to the world. Talking about character. He chose us. He could have chosen anybody else. Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long sufferings. Let me tell you something. As the chosen of God... As the elect of God, we won't simply just lay aside our old life and its ways. We will display and possess new character that cultivate in the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. What happened, Sister Mert, to those disciples? Didn't the known world in that day say, hey, hey, those boys have been with God. Amen. They would walk into town and it would be noised among the people. Hey, look, those are those fellas that have turned the world upside down. You won't have to go to Lamar's signs and rent a billboard to tell the world that you've been saved. But brother Marty when you make a confession of faith you become a new person, a new creation. You're walking a new walk. The things you used to do, you've distanced yourself from. You didn't lay them down to pick them back up. But you didn't leave anything back there to go back to. I didn't leave anything in that former state to go back to. Amen. Because I am now a new person in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to be the center of our lives with evidence of his presence existing within us. Did everybody get that? The whole world will know we belong to God. Not just our immediate family. Not just those that we assemble with on Sunday morning. But people on our job need to know that we belong to Jesus. People we pass on the street need to know that we belong to the Lord. It's the word of God, scriptures, that reveal a very detailed portrait of the character of God. Now, for the sake of time, I just don't have time to hash out all the character traits of God because they are so many. But a few of them immediately leap off the page into our heart. How about the love of God? John 3 and 16. How about the love of God? Hallelujah. Is there any love like the love of God? For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know anybody who loves like God? How about the goodness of God? Exodus 34 and 6. The goodness of God. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. We sing about the goodness of God, but we don't do it justice, amen, because oftentimes in singing about the goodness of God, we can only reflect on the limited amount of times that we can see God's goodness plastered all over our life. I don't know about many of you, but tracing my life back to the day that I was born, I see the fingerprint of God in every phase of my life. When the devil tried to take me out, it was the goodness of God that kept me when the devil tried to sift me as wheat like he did old Peter it was the goodness of God that kept me I don't know about you but I know that in my life I've got an escort and his name is goodness and mercy come on somebody give the Lord praise in this place I've got an escort the goodness of God how about the patience and long-suffering of God? Psalm 86 and 15. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. How many of you are glad that God didn't leave you where he found you? How many of you are glad today in this room that the long arm of God reached further down than you could reach up? And David said, Amen, he picked me up out the miry clay sat my feet upon a rock he said he put a new song in my heart hallelujah can anybody testify amen that God was long suffering that God was patient with you yeah how about his mercy and his compassion anybody grateful that God is full of mercy and full of compassion you know what the writer said in the book of Lamentations 3 and 22? He said, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Hallelujah. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm so glad that we can't frustrate the God that we serve. I'm so glad that we don't get on God's last nerve. I'm so glad that he's always extending compassion and grace and mercy they're new every morning Lord I wore out my welcome Kurt Franklin said today's a new day come on somebody you can't exhaust the mercies of God they're new every morning isn't that powerful isn't that powerful? I believe in the book of Amos. God uses the prophet to say that he delights in mercies. How blessed are we today to serve a God that doesn't get frustrated with us. How grateful are we that we serve a God that doesn't grow impatient with us. But that his mercies are new every morning. Why? Is Christian character so important? Because the more that we spend time with God, 
The more that we spend time in his word, the better we will know and understand his character. Saints of God, the character of God is the character that we need to possess. Am I right? It's the character that we need to possess. I read a little clip by a, an evangelist by the name of Paul Washer. Paul's only a year older than I am. He was born just a year before me. He's a powerful evangelist, and God is using him in a lot of ways. But here's what he said about character, and I quote, Consider Christ-like character to be of utmost importance. For character is everything. For the fruitlessness of your work in the kingdom will be determined by what you are. Seek after conformity to Christ and discipline yourself for the purpose of. That's a, that's a profound statement. So what is Brother Paul saying? Break it down to me, Pastor. What is, what is Paul Washer saying? He's saying, don't waste your life pursuing other things. He's saying, invest in your life in developing character and skills that are necessary to become a useful servant of God. Do you remember when Hannah was childless and she prayed intently to God? That the Lord would bless her with a child. Does anybody remember that passage of scripture? And the Bible said that Eli was the priest of the house of God at that time. And as God would have it, he blessed Hannah with a child. He was a, he was a, a man child. He, he, he was her son. His name, Samuel. And the Bible declared, Brother Robbie, that around the time that he was weaned, she honored what she promised. She took him to the house of God. And one night he was asleep. And he heard a voice call his name. And he responded, but nobody answered. He heard again. A voice called his name. And he went to awake Eli. He said, you call me? Eli said, no. I didn't call you. Oh, God help him. But the next time that you hear a voice call your name, here is what your response needs to be. When you hear the voice call out to you, Samuel, you respond, thy servant heareth thee. Oh, God, have mercy. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Do you know how God used Samuel? <laughs> I said, do you know how God used Samuel? The life of what many would have considered as an insignificant nobody. 
but God used him to anoint the nation's greatest kings. Somebody better hear what I'm saying. He went down there, amen, to God, to Jesse's house, and he anointed David. Are you listening to me? The man after God's own heart. Don't tell me that character don't mean something in the sight of God. Character means everything. And what we need to do is invest a lifetime developing character and skills that are necessary to become a useful servant of God. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth thee. God used him to do great things because he was a useful servant of God. But let me tell us something today in the household of faith. Choices influence or affect our character. Uh-oh. Preacher, you were going good now. You, you didn't hit the brakes. Character, amen, is influenced by our choices. What is a choice? A choice is the act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. Some of y'all want to think that the devil is this little red guy parading around in a suit with horns and a pitchfork. And some of you have watched so many cartoons that you see a little angel with a halo on this side and a little devil with the pitchfork on that side. Tell me I'm not telling the truth. And some of y'all live in that fantasy land. Some of y'all think that that's the balance of life and how it goes. But let me say to you that the, that the enemy of our souls, Satan, is a formidable foe. And he has released demons in our world. And we need to understand that we have angelic beings that are present all around us all the time. But choices influence our character. Amen. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8. Now listen, I could stay on this point just for a moment. But for the sake of a, a well-known influential person in the Bible, I'm going to use Daniel. The Bible said in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Everybody remember who Daniel was? He was the man of God that slept with lions. That's Daniel. He was the man of God that could read the writing on the wall. He was an anointed servant of the Most High God. But let me tell you what Daniel did. When he was deported into a foreign land, taken into captivity, Daniel didn't wait till he was confronted with choices to make up his mind. Are you listening to me? Maybe that didn't sink in like I, like I thought it would. I said he didn't wait till he was confronted with choices to make up his mind. How many of us know as the people of God that we got to have our mind fixed before? We get those choices. How many of us need to know in this room today that we need to have our convictions set before the enemy ever tempts us with temptation? Talk to me, Harvest Church. How about them Hebrew boys in that fiery furnace? 
The Bible said they sent out a decree that when they heard the sound of a musical instrument, they were to bow down and worship an image that was erected. But what did the Hebrew boys say? Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not bow down and worship your image. Well, if you don't do that, boys, I'm going to heat up that furnace seven times hotter than it normally is. And you're going to be cast in the midst of that fiery furnace. And they said, whatever. Amen. Are you with me, somebody? How many of us know the people of God today that if we bend or bow, that we're going to break? Come on, y'all. I said, if we bend or bow, we're going to break. And how important is it today, Brother Barnes, that we've got our convictions fixed, that we've got our mind made up before we ever get to that place? Because I'm going to tell you something. Your faith is going to be tested. Oh, my, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. Somebody ought to help me in this house. So what happened to the man of God, Daniel, when he got down, amen, in a foreign land? The Bible said he purposed in his heart. I'm not eating those delicacies of the king. I'm not partaking of that table that's been sacrificed to idols. You know what some of us would have said? Well, they say when you in Rome. Somebody finish that for me. I said, they say, well, when you're in Rome, you might as well do as the Romans. Daniel said, I might be in Babylon, but my soul is in heaven. Them Hebrew boys said, I might be standing at the mouth of a fiery furnace, but my citizenship is in heaven. So do whatever you've got to do. I've got a made-up mind. Hallelujah. I've determined before I cross that bridge which way that I'm going to go. I wish to God in heaven today I had a witness in this house. I wish to God I had somebody who would say, amen, preacher, my mind is made up. It's fixed. My conviction are set and I'm not going to deviate from them. Got my mind made up. Daniel said, hey, I've made up my mind. He decided ahead of time what his conviction would be. You say, pastor, how can that be beneficial to me today as a child of God? It can be beneficial to us today, Brother Oceanus, because it helps us to avoid compromise. It helps us avoid compromise. Because if we give a little, before you know it, you're going to give a lot. And before you know it, you're going to find yourself like Samson, drifted so far from God that you don't even feel his presence anymore. I tore this up now. I might as well fix it. Oh, my. Character influences our choices. Let's look at Proverbs 11 and 3. Proverbs 11 and 3. The integrity of the upright will guide them. But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. What did we say that word perverse meant earlier? Those who have turned away from the right. It will destroy you. But the integrity, the wholesomeness of your character will guide you. You don't think character is important? If it wasn't, God wouldn't have penned it in his word. How about Proverbs 10 and 9? Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 9. He who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. 
Walk with wholesomeness of character. And people will know you. Oh my somebody. Because character reveals who we really are. It's not like reputation. Which is what other people think you are. I read a recent article. That article said that there are three things that influence our behavior. And two of those apply to non-believers. Are you with me? They're classified as our old nature, our shaped nature, and our new nature. When people sin, one of the first things they want to do is blame what they did on somebody else. Hello? They want to find somebody in the Bible that did the same thing they did. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I felt that one come back. They want to find somebody in the Bible who did what they did, just like Abraham. Well, he lied. Then they want to look you, square their shoulders back, look you in the face and say, hey, preacher. I mean, hey, Abraham lied. And the Bible said he was a friend of God. Well, guess what? The Bible said those were written for our example. Guess what an example is? An example is a model. And if there's a model out there of something I need not to do, guess what? It serves notice on me. It helps me understand, stay away from this. Come on, somebody. So it's about like that Scrubbing Bubbles commercial. They did it so you don't have to. Isn't that right? Oh, the first time a person commits adultery, they said, David, hey, that David committed adultery. And, 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 and he, killed a, he killed that woman's husband. But not one day did God take him off the throne. I need to help you, sir. You're not David. I need to help you. Choices influence your character. A lot of us want to tip through to the tulips like tiny Tim and think that David never had no problem. Did David have problems? I can't get no witness in here. I said, did David have problems? Did not David tell Nathan the prophet, if you bring me the man that took that one man's ewe lamb, I'll restore unto him four times what he took. Do you not know that the scriptures give us clear and irrefutable proof that David lost four sons because of his sin? You have any children you want to lose because of yours? Well, David did it so I can do it. I don't think you want to go there. I don't think you want to ride that train. Come on, somebody. The first nature we are born with, that old nature. You know what we like to say. Well, that's the old Adam nature. Hold on. Stop right there. How many know you're not Adam? How many know Adam was the first man? Can I bless you? Adam had his own nature. Pinch your neighbor. I give you permission. Pinch your neighbor. Hey, do like your grandma used to do when you was cutting up. Pinch the pure blood out of them. You was cutting up in church, buddy. They would pinch you till it drew blood. And you're going to act right or get your rear end tore up. Pinch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, Adam had his nature. And you got yours too. So you don't have Adam's nature. You got Judy's nature. Hello? You don't have Adam's nature. You have Darian's nature. I don't have Adam's nature. 
I have Terry's nature. But Jeff, you don't have Adam's nature. You have Jeff's nature. So stop saying that that old Adam nature that lived in us caused us to do it. No, it was that nature we were born with. Hello, somebody. That nature we were brought into this world possessing. Am I right? Nature is the essential qualities or the attributes of a thing. So how many of us know we got our own nature? Y'all don't sound too convinced. I think because some of y'all still trying to blame it on Adam. Some of you trying to blame it on Eve. Let me say that one more time. How many of us know that we have our own nature? Shape nature is variable. What does that mean? It's liable to change. So we're born with the old nature. We can possess a shaped nature, which is variable. In time and through circumstance and experience, that nature is liable to change. Do you know that time and experience itself today both shapes and reshapes us as time elapses? Our shaping is determined by what we've been taught, by life's experience, by choices that we've made. Hold your seat for this one. And lastly, by our genetic disposition. Help me, Brother Arvis. By our genetic disposition. What does that mean? It means you can inherit it from some rotten folks in your life. Uh-oh. How many of us know that we have physical problems that we inherited from people in our life? And that we have to work doubly hard to discipline ourselves to not allow those things to get out of hand. Am I right? Some of them are things like sugar diabetes and hypertension, high blood pressure. They're inherited things passed down through your family lineage. You inherit those. You got to work double time to stay on top of that. Do you know that our nature can be shaped by those qualities that people possessed from whom we inherited them? We can. Wow. What is generic disposition? Genetic disposition is the increased likelihood of one being able to develop inherited traits. That's what genetic disposition is. Now you can counterbalance bad character qualities with good ones, but you cannot Remove them. It's not in our power to do it. I don't care what kind of rehab you go to. And thank God for rehabs. Come on. We, we have a friend in New York. He went through AA. He was a known alcoholic. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. But how many know you cannot remove that habit? Or that addiction on your own. 
Thank God for programs that are geared toward helping individuals receive treatment. But how many of us know that only God can change a person? Oh, my. Boy, I felt my help then. Hallelujah. I said, how many of us know that only God can change a person? I say this on my job all the time. Listen, stop exhausting yourself trying to change people because you can't change someone who does not want to be changed. Oh, my. Preach, Pastor Terry. Glory to God. So liars must learn to tell the truth. Thieves must learn to give. Now, Pastor, that's the flip. You're getting my point. You're getting my point. For a liar to stop lying, he's got to be changed. For a thief to stop stealing, he's got to be changed. And how many know there's no program in the world that's going to implement that, that's going to make a person change? It has to be within the depths of their own heart and by the power of God. Are you with me? So the old nature and the shaped nature we've covered. Oh, yeah. But the one nature applies only to believers. Those other two apply to non-believers. But that new nature, it applies to the child of God. Are you with me, somebody? That's the only one that's applicable to us as the people of God. And this one is given at our spiritual birth. Oh my, just like that old nature is given when we're conceived and we're brought into the world, so the new nature is conceived in us the moment we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Oh, this is the acid test right here, brother. You want to know if somebody's been saved? You want to know if their name's really written in the Lamb's book of life? You want to know if they've been changed? Apply this verse. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Uh, brother Felix, Sister Beatty said, The walk I used to walk, I don't walk no more since the Lord laid his hand on me. Amen. The talk I used to talk. I don't talk no more. Amen. The places I used to go, I don't go no more since the Lord laid his hand on me. I want to tell you, saint of God, there's been a change and our choices do influence and affect our character. Now, this doesn't mean, oh, hold on just a second. This does not mean that our former lust, former temptation, and formal Carnal thoughts dissolve. Somebody wants you to think that the moment you get saved, that the old you just vanishes into thin air. God ain't no magician. Hello? He's not trying to deceive us. It just doesn't go away. You understand? It's a process. As the old saying would go, Brother Jerry, if you, quit, if you cuss like a sailor before you got saved, there are chances you're going to cuss after you get saved. Yeah, a lot of folk in Robinson County called themselves Christian and got all kind of toilet talk in their mouth. Yeah, that's what I call it. 
That's what I call it. They don't have any problem letting them three and four little words fly. But now I'm going to tell you, I can't see Jesus saying it. I cannot, in my wildest imagination, picture Jesus speaking like that. Brother Greg, so if I can't see Jesus exercising that liberty, then I need to work that I don't do it either. Boy, I missed the applause. I missed the applause on that one. But I want to tell you, friend of mine, a new nature applies to us as believers. Because the moment that we confess Christ as Lord of our lives, the Holy Ghost aligns us with the purpose of God that he's planned for us. Amen, somebody. No, 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 no. Those lust, temptations, and carnal thoughts, they don't just dissolve. and They don't just vanish into thin air. They're still there. They're still there. But thank God, we have a new nature, a new name. Amen. We have a new disposition after receiving Jesus into our hearts and lives. Can I bless you today and tell you how to develop character as the people of God? Can I tell us, can I tell us just a few helpful hints that will help us develop our character? Develop means to grow. It means to become more mature. It means to become advanced. And it means to become more elaborate or detailed. Lord, have mercy. It saddens me to see people grow old and never grow up. I told my grandson last Sunday I could hear a noise in the kitchen. And I asked his parents what he was doing. And they said he's in there removing that bottled water out of that pack and throwing it in the floor. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what in the world? What's going on? What is he, honey? 17 month old? Not Zane, Callan. 17 month old. And I walk in there, and he's just having his own party. And I said, hey, let's put that back where it belongs. Come on, let's put that back where it belongs. I said, hey, 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 come here, come here. I bent down to get down on his level. I said, come on, help Papa here. Let's put this back where it belongs. First of all, he didn't want to receive it from my hand. Pushing it away. I said, oh, no, you're going to put this back where it belongs. How many of us know as parents that we got to show them who's in charge? Uh-oh, somebody. Now, don't call me. Don't call me when you're in Walmart and you won't buy them a toy and they fall in the aisle kicking and screaming. Don't, don't call me. Don't look down there at him and say, hey, the, the preacher's looking at you. you He's he going to get you. So I said to my little grandson, come here. Come here. You're going to put this over it, back where it belongs. I'm going to put it where it belongs. And sure enough, I got it in his hand. I escorted him right back over there. He put it down. Wasn't just but a few seconds when Mama walked around the corner. And that lip was like this. I said, yeah. I said, you know what's funnier than that? When you see grown people do it. What's funnier than that is when you see grown, mature, supposedly mature adults pouting because they didn't get their way. He was defiant, Andy. He, he, he wanted to make certain that I knew he was not going to put that bottle back where it belonged. But he did. And I still loved him. Took him up in my arms and hugged his little neck. 
But I want you to know something, my friend. Behavior like that left unchecked is going to spread like a wildfire. I didn't say it just because of my grandson. That happens in every child. Can I get a witness? That happens in every child. But I, I, I want to help us understand how to develop, how to grow, mature, and become advanced and, and elaborate or more detailed as a Christian. Because it is the purpose of God to develop character within us as his children. Look at Proverbs 17 and 3. Proverbs 17 and 3. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. You know it takes some intense heat to refine silver. It takes some extreme temperatures to drive out all the impurities from gold. Am I right, saints of God? You say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm connecting the dots with you. I'm just not sure if, if you're making sense. Well, the next time you're in a heated trial, understand that God might be using it to separate some stuff in your life. Is that all right? That God might be using the intensity of that trial to separate some things in your life. Because it's through trials that God shows us what's in us. Oh my. He shows us through trials what is in us. And then he takes anything out of the way that would hinder our complete trust in him. First Peter 1 and 7. He says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can you help me there, Pastor? Well, I believe like me that your heart is fixed on what we anticipate as believers. How many know God's got something better for us than this? How, how many of us know that God didn't put us here to leave us here? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Uh, and, 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 and how many of us in our heart will, will, will just embrace this mindset? That if God can lead me to it, I believe he'll see me through it. How, how many can say, I embrace that mentality? Yeah. So Peter is saying, Brother Betty, that as Christians, we anticipate the praise, the honor, and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ as a result of our suffering. Somebody really ought to praise God for that. Amen. 
to know that one day, amen, everything we've been through, it's going to be worth it all. To know that one day, every sleepless night, every shed tear, oh, glory to God, one day it's going to be worth it. Every time that I had to cry when I thought it was unnecessary, God is going to reward me for it. He's going to reward me for it. And my labor in the fields of harvest will not go unnoticed, and neither will yours. Life's successes are directly related to right character. Stand with me all over the building. Come on, stand with me all over the building. I want to give you four helpful tips to help you to develop character. Number one, turn your eyes on the big picture. How many? You said you believe that God had something greater. You said you believe that God didn't bring you this far to leave you. Come on, y'all. Amen. Turn your eyes on the big picture. My God, somebody. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Come on, can you turn your eyes today on the big picture? Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Within the context of that scripture, we understand that the Bible is revealing to us the heart of a miser or the heart of a, a stingy person. So how do, how do I develop my character? Be wise with whom you fellowship with. That's what the Bible is telling us. Be wise with whom we fellowship with. Number two, focus on doing right. Focus on doing right. Be careful. Amen. Don't allow the faulty character of others to influence you. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Be careful who we associate with, who we choose as friends. For godly people... Help us along the journey. Number three, don't worry that some people won't appreciate your character. Don't worry. Don't worry. Didn't the Bible say that David's wife, Micah, the son of uh, the wife, a uh, daughter of Saul, didn't the Bible say when David danced mightily in the presence of God, she despised him in her heart? Didn't, she, didn't the Bible say that, Brother Anthony? That was the man's own wife. But she said, look at him. He's acting foolish. But David's dance was not for people. David's dance was for God. What you do is not for people. What we do is for God. But I'm going to tell you something. When you make right choices, it affects others. And when people often ridicule us, it's because they're uncomfortable in their own skin. They got some areas in their life they need to work on. But they want to point the finger at us and say that we are different. We're supposed to be different. Amen? Number four, never, ever give up. Never abandon your pursuit of godly character. Godly character is a work of the Holy Spirit that's evidenced in our life. Can I tell you today that character matters? Character matters most to God because He's not concerned 
about reputation. Sister Doreen is coming. Our ushers are already in place. And I want to pray for those among our church family who are battling problems, complications beyond their power to control, those that are hospitalized. I want to pray for them. And I'm going to ask Sister Doreen if she would conduct your exit. Let me say that in my closing, that D.L. Moody, an American evangelist, well-known radio personality, founder of the Moody Bible Institute, D.L. Moody said this, character is what a man is in the dark. That's character. So I want to tell us that the body of believers today, character matters. How many want to be like Jesus here today? Let me see your hand. How many want to be like Jesus? We're going to address these prayer needs. Amen. If anyone else needs to come. You feel the liberty to do so right now. We want to anoint you with oil. And we want to pray over you. Following this, Sister Doreen will be dismissing us from this service. The Lord bless you.